Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Matthew 10. We have all, no doubt, attended training of some kind in our life. You've probably had a job at some point that required you to go through a process of training before you did the job, or maybe even just a volunteer position. Uh, You had to do some level of training. Well, today we're going to see training in Matthew 10. And here we are specifically going to see Jesus training the 12 disciples, the 12 apostles um, in ministry. And, And He's training them, as we see in verse 5, he is sending them out. So he is training them to go out and to preach and to do ministry even during his life and his ministry. So this passage, um, as we think through principles that we've talked about of then, always, now, you know, what is God communicating through the original speaker or author of scripture here to the original author? audience, and then always, what is always true, and then now, okay, what is what does this mean, basically? What's the application for you and me today? And, and this passage we do have to think about, and it's interesting, even when you read through Matthew 10, it does seem pretty clear that some of the things Jesus is saying are very specific to the ministry they are about to go out and do. For instance, where he's saying, don't go amongst the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans. Clearly, that was not meant for all Christians everywhere. In fact, it's not even meant for the disciples for everywhere, because we're going to see in Acts, Peter go and witness to Gentiles. So it does seem that this was specific instruction for a specific time. But you're going to get to other things that he says, even talking about them getting flogged in synagogues and dragging before governors and kings to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. Now, I guess it's not impossible, but we don't have any record of that happening during the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. We don't know about any of his disciples getting arrested and being dragged before kings during the ministry of Christ. But we know that happens later. We know that most of these men he is training will die a martyr's death for the sake of the gospel. So based on that, it looks like some of this instruction is meant to apply in a broader sense to the apostles. And so you need to understand as you read this, they were being sent out to do ministry right then and there. And that's where I think verses 5 through 15 are the most specific there for that ministry, even getting down to specifics like acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey, or two tunics or sandals or a staff for the laborer deserves his food. Um, right there's he's giving them some specific instruction there uh, for their trip and even how to go in and out of villages. Uh, but then you you get to him talking about kings and what they should do and how they don't need to worry about what they are going to say. Verse 19, for 
It gives that in verse 20, for it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. And he speaks of opposition that they will face. Verse 23, where he talks about you have not gone through the towns of Israel before the son of man comes. One commentator wrote that that this is perhaps uh, the most difficult or at least among the most difficult verses in the New Testament to understand what it's saying. So if you're scratching your head at that, uh, there's a lot of great Bible scholars scratching their head at it too. And there's different ideas. I think the best one would, would lean us towards, he, he means something really eschatological there, even perhaps looking forward to the time of the tribulation or something like that, but a hard verse to understand. But then you see him teaching on not having fear. Look at verse 28, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And, and it seems the later you go, the, the broader it gets. So what I want to do is to, to pull out and to camp on some of the things we see in Jesus's instruction to his disciples, some of which is specific. But from this, especially when we think about other scriptures, we see some always principles uh, that are highlighted here that we can look at and say, yeah, that's going to be true uh, for us today as well, if we are being trained to do ministry. And so some of those principles is that Christianity and real ministry will be opposed. And we see that in verse 24, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So if you want to serve Christ and if you want to proclaim the gospel, that message is going to be opposed. And that is always true. I mean, even think of the United States of America, which has perhaps been over the last few centuries, maybe one of the most friendly environments you could evangelize and proclaim the gospel throughout the history of the world. Even then, over the last few centuries, if you are faithfully proclaiming the word of God, you are going to face opposition. Uh, that, that's not that you're not going to find, I think, a, a, truly a culture where if you're truly preaching the gospel, there is no opposition. And if you are faithfully serving Christ, you will be maligned. So you need to get ready for that. And that's where you're going to see another always principle is that service to the cause of the gospel and, and proclaiming as Jesus did and John the Baptist did. And as he proclaimed, or teaches them to proclaim the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Service will require sacrifice. It's going to require sacrifice. And even there, he talks about it's going to face opposition in your home. Think of verse 37. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Or whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Um, and whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. So clearly there's sacrifice required. And it's interesting when you think of um, family there, because you think, well, aren't I supposed to honor my father and mother? And aren't parents supposed to love and, and take care of their kids? Yes, those are biblical responsibilities. Um, but there are ways where following Christ may put you at odds, even with your own flesh and blood. Just consider a couple of these examples. For one thing, I've noticed, and I'm not that old, uh, a connection oftentimes between people who stray, even Bible teachers who stray from teaching biblical truth because of family. 
uh, right? A, a pastor will start compromising on the gospel because he sees perhaps a child straying from the faith. And he doesn't want to think that that child is not a Christian. He doesn't want to think that that child is not going to end up in heaven, that that child is headed to hell. So that the pastor may be tempted to compromise on what he teaches about the gospel and what he teaches about what a Christian really is or what he teaches about heaven and hell because he is being influenced by a child. Or consider, you know, what does the Bible say about homosexuality? Uh, you see a, a lot of pastors, they may compromise on that because they know someone. Maybe it's even a, a, a relative, like a son or a daughter or a friend. And, oh, well, well they're going to live that lifestyle, but they still say they love Jesus. So let's compromise the truth when sticking to the truth may bring division even among family. So uh, service to the gospel and to the kingdom is going to require sacrifice. A couple other always principles that should really affect how we think and how we act. Uh, One is Christians should focus more on what God thinks than on man. And we already read that verse. Hey, don't worry about what people think and what people can do. The worst case scenario is they can kill your body. Um, Instead, you should care about, in fact, you should fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Uh, you, You should care a lot more about what he thinks than what other people think. And that's a battle we fight because a lot of times we we are very concerned about the opinion of others or what they might do. And we need to be less concerned about that and more concerned about what our father thinks, even to the point as it says, fear uh, him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And along even with that fear, there should be a trust. Another always principle, Christians can depend on the care of their heavenly father. You know, even where it, it speaks of him numbering the hairs on your head and that you are of more value than a sparrow. God is going to take care of his people. Or even earlier, if you're stuck in a situation, if you're literally on trial for your faith and for your ministry, God is going to help give you the words to say. He is not going to abandon his servants. So you can care more about what he thinks and trust that he will care for you. He will sustain you. He will provide for you because he cares for you. And so there we see some principles and what we shouldn't leave this chapter if we're thinking, okay, well, what do I apply from this passage? Well, what's the now implications of this passage? As we consider this passage uh, about ministry and we consider where Matthew chapter nine ended, uh, talking about the harvest being plentiful, but the laborers few, therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So that's where I think the, the response needs to be to share the gospel, to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. And so I would encourage you to pray, pray for open doors, but then be active. Look for open doors to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God, knowing, Hey, you may experience opposition that might require sacrifice, but care more about what God thinks and trust that he will care for you because we want to be faithful servants. We want to listen to the training. We want to apply it to our own life so that we can be faithful servants of King Jesus in spreading the good news and the cause of his kingdom. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.